Hi there, I'm Sarah Zarella, a portrait and wedding photographer and your host for Wedding Secrets Unveiled. This is a podcast where we cut through the complexity of wedding planning, leaving you with everything you need to know direct from the industry experts. If you want to simplify your wedding planning while having fun, of course, you came to the right place. Join me while I guide you through your planning, starting from your engagement to your big day where you say, I do. After photographing for the past 18 years, I am sharing with you tips and tricks to cut through the excess noise because I believe from the moment you said yes, your planning experience should be a magical time in your life. Here you'll find episodes that are fun, stress-free, and straight to the point with a fresh, honest take about the reality of what you really need to know about planning your perfect day. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled podcast, friends. You are in for a treat today. I am so excited to introduce you to Victoria Horsefield, who is one of our past brides from September of 2020. I knew from the moment that we started doing podcasting that I wanted her to be a guest. It was just a matter of lining up our schedules. I actually emailed Victoria, I think first. She was the first one I emailed saying, you have to be a guest on my podcast because I know that planning a wedding can be really difficult right now. And actually in general, planning a wedding can be really difficult. But she successfully planned her wedding last year in the middle of COVID. And I know a lot of our listeners right now are kind of in the same boat where she was last year, and her wedding was an absolute fairy tale. So I am so excited to introduce you to Victoria. Hello, Victoria. Hello. Thanks for joining us today. Of course. I would love to have you maybe talk a little bit about like who you are, how we know each other, and maybe talk a little bit about when you got married. Okay. Um, so I got married September 19th, 2020 um, at Blythewald in Bristol, which was beautiful. Um, I have been following you, Sarah, since well before I was even engaged. I knew that you you were always my number one choice. My mom's a photographer. We've just loved your work. And when I got engaged, you weren't available. You were already booked. And then... I actually do remember that. I remember getting a phone yeah. call from your mom. And um, it, it was interesting because she told me she was a photographer. <laughs> and I was unfortunately booked. So it's funny that you bring that back up because I... I didn't know that. I didn't know that was you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but I remember yep. talking to a mother of the bride who was mm-hmm. a photographer. Yes. So after that, went through lots of interviews, and um, we had to book someone else. And then COVID happened, and everything kind of got put on pause. And when I think over the spring or so, when it started to kind of not open back up, but things started to change, we I knew that I was going to get married in September. I wasn't going to change it. I wanted to get married and you know, move forward with our lives together. And we reached out to you again and just to see because so many things were being canceled and um, if you were available and you were. So we booked you. Yeah, we actually had one of our September 2020 brides postponed to this year. So it freed up the day. So Mm -hmm. there you go. I just think and then you know what I can tell you right now, sitting here across from you, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Like I I am so over the moon that I was your photographer. And that's why we have you today because I would love to talk a little bit about your wedding, what you went through, um, any tips and advice that you might have for our listeners right now. And I also have to kind of toot your own horn a little bit because for those who are listening 
Victoria may not say it, but I'm going to say it for her. She's on a billboard right now, right on 95. If you are driving south from Providence and you just go over the Thurber's Avenue exit on the left-hand side, you will see Victoria there with her beautiful diamond from Providence Diamond. And the advertisement is for Providence Diamond. So congratulations to you. I can call you like Miss 95 now. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Never in my lifetime did I think I would get married in pandemic or be on a billboard but here we are um and it's pretty cool very exciting yeah so your picture that we did at your wedding is right there for the advertisement for the providence diamond so have you seen it yes actually so i think it came out um at the beginning of the month and i remember we were coming back from florida my husband and my in-laws and it was a Friday, and I was like, let's go. We, we landed at the airport. We drove home to East Greenwich, and I was like, let's go see the billboard. So we drove up to 95. We drove 95 north, then did a turnaround. And I remember we were driving on 95 north, and I turned behind me where I thought it was, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's so – I don't know. It's just different seeing it in person. So when we did the turnaround, I had my husband, Brad, go on, like, the side street, and we pulled the car over, and I got out, and it was all fenced. So I, like, put my iPhone through a grate and, like, was trying to take a picture of it. And I don't know. It was just – it was very exciting. So – and then um, I actually worked that weekend, um, and my husband – I roped him into dropping off coffee for us so he came and dropped off coffee and then he was driving home and he was like my wife is a model like she's on a billboard it's so you just I don't know you don't get over driving by it I don't think well for those who are listening I will actually have on the podcast notes you can find in our blog a picture of Victoria and the billboard and along with her beautiful ring in case those who are ring shopping you can definitely check out Providence Diamond so we will have that on the show notes that are gonna be on our blog but let's dive into the nitty gritty. Victoria, now that you're married, and I have to say, I was there and your wedding was a fairy tale, but we were in the middle of a pandemic. Um, you crossed the finish line, and I would love to know in your wedding planning, what is the one piece of advice that you would tell our listeners right now about planning a wedding and then crushing that, fr- like that finish line and becoming a missus? Mm-hmm. Um, my number one greatest piece of advice that I could give to anyone planning a wedding would be to create a list, like physically write down a list of your top five must-haves. What are the top five most important things to you, whether it's a concept, a vendor, a color scheme, whatever it is to you, write them down and stick to them. And those are the things that you don't waver on, that you don't compromise on, and that kind of drives your vision for the day. Um, For example, one of my top five must-haves was I did not want to do a first look. Um, I see the pros and cons to both sides and I just, but my husband and I felt strongly that was just something that we knew we felt in our hearts that we didn't want to do. And so, um, it was really important to us to have a photographer that was, um, able to create the schedule for the day around not doing a first look. You know, we had a, you know, our wedding was the end of September and it was the sunset a little bit earlier and it was not easy to create a schedule where we did not have all that extra time to take pictures of the wedding party and the bride and groom and everything like that. But that was one of my things. You know, I knew I wanted farm tables. So when we went to look, um, we went to peak events for our tables and things like that. And that was one thing I knew I wanted. And I was willing to cut back in the budget in other places to have the farm tables. You just kind of, that's what guides where you're going with your day. So for those who are listening, you would say 
like immediately before you even dive into wedding planning is just sit down with you and your fiance and kind of just go over like the five must-haves, the absolute things that you will not waver and go. Yeah, that I think, you know, when you think about, especially, you know, most brides think about their day before they get engaged or before they even are with the person that they're going to end up marrying. And um, what do you want your day to look like? How do you know what's important to you and I think that really drives kind of your wedding planning. And so I think it's important to do at the beginning. That's actually a really great piece of advice because, you know, I see a lot of what the struggles that my couples go through. And when I say struggles, it, it, it's not – I'm not trying to say everything's negative. But, I mean, there's a lot of hurdles that they have to go through or planning or um, ideas that they had in their head that might not fully, you know, go come to flourishing – but, you know, to have those five that you have to do and you're not going to waver, that really kind of sets you on a track and doesn't let you kind of go off. You also, too, you have some influences. There's a lot of personalities getting involved, a lot of family members planning um, a wedding, a lot of input, advice. I mean, it's not all negative. Like, people might have these great ideas for you. I, I can say um, you talked about, like, one, two of the five that you had was – one was the farm tables. You were definitely going to have them, which obviously for those people who are planning already know, but for those people who are not, that is a little bit pricier of a table. So therefore you have to kind of then save in another area. The other one was your first look. I can say firsthand the obstacles that we had with the first look was you were getting married in September. The sun sets at a certain time and your ceremony was, you know, right around that time. And we have to, a list of pictures. So there's ways around it. I mean, you told me right off the bat, I don't want to first look. And obviously, for your wedding being that you were getting married right before sunset and we're going to lose the light, having a first look would have been the easiest approach. Mm -hmm. But there's ways around it. And we sat there and we planned everything out and we made sure that we delivered that. And you didn't have a first look. And the first time that Brad saw you was when you were coming down that aisle. Mm -hmm. And we got everything done and we got all the pictures you want. And again, we'll have all your pictures on our show notes so those people who are listening can see your wedding. Because one of the reasons why I really, really, really wanted you on this show is I wanted our listeners to hear first thing about planning a wedding with COVID and the process that you went through and then ultimately what it looked like. Because I can tell you, Anybody who's listening can go and look at your pictures and look at your day, and they will never even know we were in the middle of a pandemic, and we were in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So with that said, I would love to know when, what happened when you started planning your wedding versus how you ended, because obviously midway through, COVID happened. Mm -hmm. So I got engaged August of 2019, and um, I have a wonderful mom and mother-in-law who we're very excited to help plan and um, honestly could not have done a lot of it without them. So we had pretty much everything planned by the holidays of 2019. And so this was pre-pandemic. So I, this is a little thing, but I had really wanted to send out my save the dates on Valentine's Day. I just thought it was, it was Super a little cute. corny, but I thought <laughs> it was cute. cute. I had cute. like the little heart stamps on my envelopes and everything. So I just, that's just, I don't know what I wanted to do. And I, I sent them out on Valentine's Day and then, you know, March happened and everything got put on hold. And um, so I kind of had to switch gears from like a pre-COVID wedding to a post-COVID wedding. And in the middle, just everything started to change. And, you know, in the early spring of 2020, when the pandemic was really, you know, quarantine was happening, everything like that. So wait, let's back up for a second. Okay. So you basically planned your wedding. Mm -hmm. You were done planning. Mm -hmm. 
for and the most part, yeah. You send out your save the dates in February of Valentine's Day. We all know what happened pretty much exactly a month later. Mm-hmm. And then you're hit with quarantine. Yeah. So Did I panic happen at all? Yeah. Oh, or were you like, um, no, we'll be fine here? So, well, I sent out 200 save the dates. Well, to oh. 200 people. So, you know, um, that was a, one small detail. But, I, you know, when the, you know, when COVID first happened, I wasn't, couldn't even think about the wedding. I'm actually a nurse. So I was working um, in the hospitals during this time and nothing else really. I just kind of was focused in on that. I was just trying to get through the day and come home and regroup and everything was on pause. So, but honestly, I was like, oh, I'm going to be fine. We're going to be fine. I think everyone in the first those first couple of weeks were like, we're going to be fine. I think everybody thought that. I thought they thought it was going to be two weeks. And like you said, you're a nurse. So you were right in it. You weren't even had your you didn't have your vision at all on the wedding. It was like just in the healthcare system. Yeah. Very um, one day at a time focused. And so but I was like, you know, oh, September. That's not my wedding's going to be fine. And I remember my mom's photographer and she was telling me she was like, Tor, the all these Facebook pages that I'm on for the photography are saying that brides are canceling their wedding for the spring. And I was like, that's crazy. No way. And then it really, you know, May came, April came, May came and June and people were canceling their weddings. And I was like, I'm not canceling my wedding. I just, I was dead set, whether it was 10 people or a hundred people, I was like, this is happening. And I just had to switch gears. I had to really strip everything down to what was important. And, you know, it wasn't the linen color anymore. It was, who's going to be there, what's it going to look like, and I'm marrying Brad on that day, no matter what it looked like. And that's kind of how I had to drive the rest of my wedding planning. So you knew right away that you were not going to postpone, you were not going to cancel, that you and Brad were going to get married on that day. Mm-hmm. And you, and so therefore, you had to strip everything down, is what you're saying, so that's probably when your five list came back. Oh, yeah. That's when it really came back to those five must-haves that I had from the beginning. Um, and like I said, my mom and my mother-in-law were, were angels. They are angels, but especially through all of this. And I kind of just – I said, these are my these are the things that are most important to me. And everything else is up to, you know, what, it doesn't matter what linen color or exactly all those smaller details. I mean, they're important. They make your day beautiful. But um, – you had one small detail that was really important was the tables. Like yeah. that. Like some people will say that's a small detail, but for you it was really important. So whether you're I guess what I guess what I'm thinking listening to you is saying that whether you have a big detail that's really important versus a really small one, if they're one of your five, that you that's that's the track that you went on. Yeah. And and then obviously like you said, when you say strip down what's important to you, it could be just farm tables. Right. Or it could be the fact that you want him to see you for the first time down the aisle or it could be the people that you invite mm-hmm. so but really you had to just sit down there and just kind of strip it down yep and we you know I, I've changed my venue like five weeks before my wedding that was a huge thing that I feel like normally would I just absolutely panic about but it was like all right we're changing the venue and um actually that that's funny that you bring that up because you I think it is important for people to understand how how important it is for those five must-haves based on your your journey. You changed your photographer, mm-hmm. you changed your venue, um, and I cut my guest list by fifty percent. And you cut your guest list by fifty percent, and this was all within a couple months, right? Yeah, because I really like I said March to I want to say June, July. I did wasn't even really thinking about the wedding to be honest. Like I, of course, I was thinking about it. I was excited, but it was you know, nerve wracking and scary and 
nobody really knew what to expect. And I want to say even come August, we didn't know how many people we were going to be able to have. I wound up being able to have 100 people outside. It was a tent wedding. Um, but I'm, I want to say that Governor Raimondo had an announcement like September 1st or something. And my wedding was the 19th. And we were like, I, I just remember waiting for conferences every week, like not sure what was going to be the new guideline and how many people could we have. And, you know, um, it wasn't really till those last couple months right before the wedding that I really started to change things. Some of the things were meant to be and were great. I mean, you originally wanted to get married at Blythewald, mm -hmm. and they were booked, right? Mm -hmm. and, yep. But again, you knew the one thing you knew was who you were going to marry. <laughs> yep, that's important. And your date. You knew you were going to get married on September yep. 19th of 2020. So obviously, when they were booked, you went on to another great venue. But now, with the whole all the cancellations, you were allowed to kind of revisit your five must-haves and then start planning again yeah. and, and changing some things for the for what you originally wanted anyway. Mm -hmm. You wanted to be at Blythewald. Yeah. So you had to cut your guest list by half. And I remember I photographed actually your bridal shower. Um, t didn't you have a funny story about your bridal shower? Okay, so it was funny because I had my bridal shower a month before the wedding. I had it in August. And at that point, things were so uncertain that the people that attended the bridal shower, there were there was one third that had already gotten their wedding invitations. They knew they were going. There was one third who, unfortunately, we had to have uninvitations made because we had to cut our guest list by fifty percent. And then there was the final third who hadn't heard anything. So we were all you know mingling around, having our cocktails, and it was just kind of like, ah, oh, we don't really. It was just a weird time, but you know, I think it all worked out, and everybody was very understanding. So Victoria, there are so many couples now planning their own wedding or about to tie the knot. And I am sure they they would love to hear your journey. And honestly, being your photographer and being by your side through your day, you would never have thought we were in the middle of a pandemic. Your wedding was an absolute fairy tale. I have a lot of fabulous couples that I have been talking to that are really knee deep in their planning. And it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel with all the ch changes happening. And I keep telling them that their day is going to be perfect, but it's really hard to hear that when you're actually planning. What were the COVID restrictions when you got married back in September? And can you explain the process when planning your wedding with COVID restrictions? Yes, yeah, so um, when we started to have these restrictions, I feel like at the time it was disappointing. You know, you're, you are told that you know, to have a nice wedding, you have to have past hors d'oeuvres or an open bar or, you know, it's supposed to look like X, Y, and Z. And then it, what we were being told what it had to look like. And at first I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how I feel about this. It started to make – that was when I started to kind of like, am I doing the right thing? Should I should I postpone it now? And You also – it was completely planned for you at this point. Like you, you Oh, yeah. This all. was like already planned and now we're changing everything. And one of – you know, there's a few big things that stick out to me as far as the restrictions go, one of them being past hors d'oeuvres. That was something that I just always envisioned at my wedding, you know, having – my guests at cocktail hour and the hors d'oeuvres being brought to them and now that was going to look different and we had to have stationed hors d'oeuvres at every cocktail table and you know what I wound up loving it I love the idea I think that if I were to replan my wedding or get married again to Brad um, <laughs> that I would do that again because I feel like you know there's great uncle Earl who always takes the bacon wrapped scallops and then nobody else gets them and now everybody has them at their table. We had little mini charcuterie boards for everybody, and everybody actually got to have the hors d'oeuvres rather than trying to, you know, having one stuffed mushroom and then that's it. That's for the cocktail hour. 
It's interesting that you say that because that is one of the restrictions still in place right now is that um, all of our couples need to have a seating cocktail hour. So those who are listening, if you had to go back to September and you didn't have the restrictions lifted, would you still have a seated cocktail hour? I really would. Yeah, I would. Because I feel like it's just nice for everyone to actually have a plate of food in front of them with a peop- only you know X amount of people that are at their table with them instead of everyone's all over the place and nobody gets the hors d'oeuvres. And then I feel like a lot of them either get wasted or they go cold or it, not everybody gets some. And I feel like this way, it's a good way to make sure that your guests are having the hors d'oeuvres that you picked out for them to have. And at your wedding, you had Blackstone Catering and they had these beautiful um, high top set up outside. And then you had these large, basically hors d'oeuvre tables, like, like platters and, mm-hmm. and at each person's table. So it was actually very... Very beautiful, and it's interesting. I've been telling my couples the same thing. I've said it's it's great to have a seated cocktail hour. It's great not to have password dirts, but to hear it from you saying it was perfect. So that was one of your restrictions. What was another restriction? Another one was that you couldn't go up to the bar. We had an open bar, um, and you can't go up in line and wait and order your drink like a traditional wedding. Um, they had past drinks or not not past drinks. Um, it was service bar. Like it, it, the bars now, um, so the industry term for it is called service bar. You can't go up and order a drink. Um, they can only table serve you. That's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. So they had their wait staff come to the tables and basically take your drink order. And it was great. And everybody actually really loved it because you didn't have to go spend time waiting in line or these long lines or anything like that. You could just put in your drink order and they would bring your drink to you. And you didn't have to leave your table and um, – I think that that was a big hit, and that is something that I would consider doing again, too, if I replanned my wedding. Is to still have the service bar. It's interesting that you say that because uh, a couple of episodes I prior to, to this episode, I had Karen on, who is the owner of Blackstone, and she said the same thing. She said that having the service bar versus a regular walk-up bar just takes the event to the next level. So... Again, there's a, there was one thing that was a stressor for you probably planning, but now in hindsight, looking back on it, it was probably awesome. Oh, absolutely. It was one of those things that I'm, I felt like disappointed at first when I was told that this was – I think that when you're a bride or a groom and you're planning your wedding, you're not used to people telling you these restrictions. You're not you're, – you're, you imagine planning your dream day with no restrictions other than a budget, really. And – now all of a sudden you have people telling you from every different vendor it has to be this way or you have to this is the only option and um, so when you're being told that at the time I felt disappointed or like oh that's not how I pictured it but then it happened and it was beautiful and I wouldn't change I really would not change a thing I truly I loved the stationed hors d'oeuvres at the cocktail tables and I loved the service bar being able to have my guests more catered to. They don't have to leave their their seat to get a drink. And I think that's pretty cool. How about looking back at it now, what would you tell the listeners that you were concerned with? What was one of uh, the concerns that you heard for the restrictions that actually ended up being positive? So I think that one of the biggest things that I wound up really loving and the guests really loved was the dancing. Um, going into this, when I started to have to change everything and there were all these restrictions, the number one thing that we were most concerned about was the dancing. You know, who doesn't want to have a big festive wedding with dancing on the dance floor? And every other wedding we've been to prior to 2020, that's what it looks like. You know, everyone's packed in and dancing and having a great time. And I was like, 
I don't want to just have basically a glorified fancy sit-down dinner and that's it. And so we had to do the table dancing, the pod dancing. Which is what they call it now, the pod Sorry, dancing. Sorry, not table. It sounds like no, we're dancing no, on the no. tables. <laughs> it's wild, guys. But, but actually, I, you know what? I think it would be funnier to say, call it table dancing. Table dancing. But, but you, you are actually probably one of the first groups to hear. Uh, unfortunately, pod dancing now is a household um, phrase. Mm-hmm. But you were one of the first ones to hear pod dancing. I don't even know if we called it that, that at the time. I don't think we like did. I, it was so new that I don't even think it had a name. It was just like you can only dance at your table is at basically table, right. what it was called. So you were really con- so when you heard that you were really concerned. Yeah right? I mean nobody wants to have a lame wedding nobody wants to like have guests come be like oh that was eh you know you want to have a great wedding you want everyone to have a fun time and you're planning this whole day it's you know it's about the ceremony it's about the marriage but then after that it's about the party and I was like, oh, what's that going to look like? It was just all this unknown. What's that going to look like? What's what's the station hors d'oeuvre going to look like? What's the service bar going to look like? And I was one of the first. And so there was no – I was setting that precedent. I didn't have anyone to look to or prior weddings to look at to see what it would look like. And the pod dancing wound up being a total blast. I think when we talked to our family and our friends, the number one thing that we look back on – and is the dancing. We were like, the whole tent was alive from wall to wall, from left to right. Every table was up and dancing and having a great time. You know, usually at weddings when you have people waiting at the bar, that's people off the dance floor. You have the older people sitting and drinking their coffee in the dark and like, it's just kind of, that's just the way it goes. And now you look, you know, table one is alive and table 13, everyone's up and dancing and having a great time. And it was just so cool. And as the bride and groom, we got to go from table to table. So we'd, you know, boogie over to table one and then we'd moonwalk over to table nine and we got to see everybody that way. And everyone was just smiling, laughing, dancing, having a great time. And I, we loved it. We, we said that, that is one of our favorite memories from that day. And I think it allowed everyone to have fun and to feel safe and comfortable. And it just created like a totally different vibe in the tent. The whole tent from wall to wall had a blast. You know, I this makes me like smile from ear to ear hearing <laughs> you talk about this. Um, I wish there was a like a video on us right now because literally I – tell all of our couples I say don't worry about the pod dancing and and I make a joke but it's true I'm like when was the last time that you danced for the stranger I mean we do that anyway I think when they hear they see it on paper and like you said you didn't even know what I don't think the term pod dancing was happening but when you see the restriction and you say that that you can only pod dance you're forced to look at it on paper black and white but then when you see it in action um it's Actually, I can sit there and say to you, and this is one of the reasons why I really wanted you on our show, is t- because I your wedding stands out to me, and it always will. And yes, it was beautiful, and yes, you and Brad are great, but it was also two different times. And when you and Brad have kids, you're going to be able to tell them all about your story. But it was different times, and it was one of it was a wedding that stands out to me because I remember being there, and I remember leaving. And getting in my car and being like, oh, there's a pandemic. <laughs> like, I forgot. You know, I forgot about that at the day of your wedding. Because literally your tent was, like, booming. Like, there was <laughs> normally when Dan and I photograph, we we would say, okay, you got the dance floor? Okay, all right, I'm going to go get the people outside mingling. You have a, an area just that are dancing, just on the dance floor. But your entire tent was. And I think that's what's really the takeaway for our listeners right now is to listen to you say that it was awesome because I can tell people all day long, but it was your wedding. I mean, Mm -hmm. every 
I every way that we went around that tent, people were dancing. And oh, yeah. You look to the left. You look to the right. Everyone, you know, grandma and grandpa down to the 20 year olds. Everyone was dancing. They were up and moving and had a smile on their face. And, you know, when things started to change with COVID a couple months before the wedding, I, I looked at Brad and I said, you know, I don't want to have a wedding where people leave and they're like, oh, that was fun for for a pandemic wedding or for a COVID wedding. Like, I didn't want to have that be the standard. Like, oh, that was fun for a pandemic. And you know, I think we killed it. And I think everyone had a great time. And afterwards, people were like, I think they were surprised themselves for how much fun they had. And now I'm proud to say, yes, I had a wedding in a pandemic and we pulled it off. And um, it was fun for a pandemic wedding. And now we kind of have a different look at it and a different take on it. Because I think the feedback we got from our guests were just they had a great time. They had fun. They, They expected it to be kind of maybe bland or boring or black and white, like how all the restrictions are laid out on paper. But I think we made the most of it. And I think that a lot of good things are actually going to come from these changes in what weddings are going to look like. You made the most of it. You knew that you were going to get married no matter what on September 19th. I even remember your maid of honor speech saying that no no one knew what you and Brad's wedding was going to look like or even where it was going to be. But they always knew you were going to get married at September 19th, 2020. Why did you not think about postponing at all? I just knew that this was the next step for Brad and I. We we were ready to get married. I just didn't want to put my life on hold. I feel like I don't want to look back on 2020. And, you know, there were a lot of disappointing things about 2020. It was a hard year for everybody and different. And that looked different for everyone. And I knew that this was one thing that we wanted to do and we wanted to make happen no matter how it looked. And frankly, I think 2020 needed a little something to look forward to and a little bit of funds that when we look back, we weren't like, oh, 2020 was totally terrible. We got married and we had a great wedding that people had a lot of fun at. Well, Victoria, I guess the takeaway is that you and Brad did not put your life on hold. And now you can sit here and say that you're newlyweds and not that you have a fiance, that you have a husband. So we're going to take a quick short break and we'll be right back. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. And don't forget, you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And I would so appreciate if you left a fabulous review on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support. And now let's get back to the episode. Hey, friends, we're back. Thank you for listening to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. So, Victoria, let's talk about masks for a second. Yes, we had to wear them at your wedding day. But for our listeners, I will have your images up on our show notes, which will be on our blog. I would love for them to go check it out and see for themselves and take a peek um, and see that even in the height of the pandemic, that you still had an amazing wedding. Visually, you would never even know that we were in the fall of 2020 versus like the fall of 2019 or Let's hope the fall of 2022. So tell us a little bit about how you felt about masks, what what you know, what you and Brad did at your wedding versus the mask, and, and just give us some insight about how you feel about the mask. Right. So other than getting married to Brad, the most important thing for me for September 19th was to keep everybody safe. You know, we're inviting our most loved family and friends. Of course, I don't want anyone to get sick or anything like that. That was really important to us that we keep – we do – 
we do this in a safe way. And one of those ways is including masks. But it was also important to me that when I look back on this day that I just don't see, I don't only see masks. You know, I don't, I'm proud to have had a wedding in a pandemic that we successfully pulled off. Um, but I don't want to look back and just flip through my photos and have just masks everywhere. It's Nobody associates masks with anything positive anymore. So um, with the table dancing, like everyone had to stay with their table pretty much. And that's, you know, your cocktail table is now with your dinner table. So you kind of stay with the same people. So that allowed people to not have to wear masks at their tables because they were going to be with the same people. Um, and often they were sitting with, their, you know, their family or friends that they're already with all the time. And then I had conversations with my photographer, Sarah, and um, my videographer, Shana, ahead of time. And I had said, you know, it's this is something that's important to me. I don't want masks everywhere. If, you know, you could do your best to not capture the masks. And so one of those things is we did have um, a small dance floor where the wedding party was allowed to go, but we had to wear our masks. And so instead of spending a lot of time at the end of the night of the reception, taking photos or videos of that, I kind of cut that out mostly, and that gave me time elsewhere with my photographer and videographer. So, Victoria, so basically for people who are listening right now and that are a little concerned about if they're – because, honestly, we don't know if we're going to be wearing masks in the summer or not. Um, it's starting to trend possibly towards that way. But for our listeners who uh, are, are wondering about masks and if you know, how they feel about that and, and – so there's obviously – you're saying – I know visually there's ways around it. I mean, if you look at your wedding photos and your video, there's not a mask in sight. But how about the day of? I mean, you even you just talked about how family members were able to not wear masks around each other because they're basically potting together. But, but there's positives about wearing a mask to be safe versus your wedding. Right. So safety is the number one priority. But there are ways to ensure that masks either aren't photographed or videographed or really not there at all. I mean, they were there, but... For example, what I'm trying to say is that when our guests came in and got their assigned table number, that was also their assigned cocktail table number. So our cocktail tables actually had numbers on them, as did the reception tables. So if you were assigned to table co- table five, you were on cocktail table five and dinner table five. And so you kind of that ensured a way to stay with kind of the same group of people. So that way you were having your cocktails and hors d'oeuvres, your dinner, and your dancing with the same I don't remember. Pod. Yeah, the same people. Pod. I'm not used to that yet. Um, That's that's the lingo now. Okay, I got to be cool and hip. Um, The pod. So that was a way to ensure that, okay, they're going to be with the same people all night, so they they didn't need to wear the masks at those tables. If you were at your table, you did not need to wear your mask, and that is the loophole. That was the way around the mask. It was the way to, at the cocktail hour, you can have your drink without your mask hanging off your ear, and you can have your charcuterie board without your mask in your hand or on your face. And then you could go into the reception and you could have your dinner and your cocktails and all of your dancing without any mask on because you were at that designated table with your designated group. And you can dance with yeah. that group without a mask on. Correct. So pretty much, basically, we talk about a loophole, but it's 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 actually, it is a loophole, but at the same time, it is what it is. When you are potting, when you're with those, that group of people, you don't have to wear your mask. So 90% of the wedding, people were not wearing a mask because they were staying within their group. However, obviously, to keep people safe, when people were getting up, going to the bathroom, or, you know, crossing Mm -hmm. the tent, or they would have to put their mask on. But ultimately, they were able to eat, drink, and be merry with with people without their mask on. Correct. 
Awesome. Well, I want to kind of dive in a little bit about just general wedding planning. Tell our listeners a piece of advice now that you have been through the planning process yourself. You were them a year ago. What wedding secrets can you share with them about helping them plan their wedding? I think that the people that make your wedding come together are your vendors. Those are the people that you're working with to create this vision that you have, whether it's your Pinterest board or in a magazine or just how you always wanted it. And those are the people that you're going to work closely with in the planning process as well as on that day. So picking vendors that you um, trust and have a good relationship with is really important. So you know, one of the most important things to me was my photographer. And as soon as I talked to you, Sarah, I just knew, like, we could talk for hours. Well, I we felt are. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> we kind of are right I'll now. I'll never forget. I was driving home from Maryland. I drove to Maryland to get my hair done the week before my wedding because I'm a crazy person and my hairdresser had moved to Maryland. So I got in the car with my mom and we drove down on the way back. We talked to you. We had, like, our pre-wedding. The detail the, Yeah, the, yep. okay. Yep. I don't know how the lingo. Well, no, the lingo is for the, for, for the brides of mine that are listening and the grooms um, and the couples. Uh, she's talking about our detail appointment. And, yeah, you were on the drive oh, back. Oh, yeah. I had you on speakerphone with me and my mom in the car driving back from Maryland. And we were just having so much fun just talking about our shot list and what we, you know, our schedule and all that stuff. And we hung up the phone and my mom and I looked at each other and we were like, oh, now it's so quiet in the car. Like, <laughs> you know, you spend – alongside whoever you're marrying you're spending the whole day with your photographer and your videographer and you want to get along with them and laugh with them and that relationship is so important because that's who you're sharing your wedding day with other than you know your significant other and so I think the way to get to that is having a lot of interviews or phone calls or you know maybe with COVID restrictions you're not meeting in person as much but there's there's ways around that and we know if we click with someone. I mean, that's just human nature. And if they share the same vision as you, you know, when I was photo- was when I was interviewing photographers, there were a f- you know some that really tried to push me on having a first look, and that was to me that was I was not going to waver on that. That was and, your five must haves. Mm-hmm, yep. My five must haves, which is my number one piece of advice, um, and that was one of them. And so, if someone was really trying to push me to do a first look because it was easier for the schedule or easier for them, I was kind of like mm, that put me off, you know. And so, I don't want to share my day with someone who doesn't understand why this is so important to me. And that's why I think it's really important with one of the first things we talked about was that to have your five must-haves because maybe that list can then help you in the interviewing process. You talked about how there were certain photographers that were pushing you to have a first look. And I can tell you the inside scoop why they were because it was so much easier (laughs) if you and Brad had a first look. But there's ways around it. I mean, you told me right off the bat that you didn't want that. So, okay. Let's let's we're going to been doing this for 18 years. There's many ways to go about this. And I had to tell you other ways that we could do the pictures without the sun setting on us, basically. Um, so you, your suggestion would basically be is to interview people and talk to people and kind of relook at that five must-have list and see if they jive with that. Yeah, and you're sharing those must-haves with those vendors. And if they're, you know, understanding why it's so important to you or saying, okay, we'll make it happen, we'll make it work. When I, when I talk to you about the first look, I know I keep going back to that, but that was just my number one. Um, and you said, oh, don't – all right, yeah, it's a challenge, but I'm up for a challenge and we'll make it work. That's when I was like, okay, I'm with the right person. This is who I want to photograph and capture the most important day of my life so far. And it was just a no-brainer. Um, and it goes – and, you know, that goes for any of your five must-haves. It doesn't have to be about photography. But if you say, I want this certain flower in my bouquet and, you know, it, it's just – creating that list is creating your day and it drives 
everything you do moving forward. It prioritizes for you. It budgets for you. It helps you navigate your vendors for you. I just think it really kind of ties everything together and brings you back to what is important. Also, I think, too, like you said, that if you pick the vendors that you trust, you therefore don't have to micromanage. You can tell them what you need and let them implement it. And then, obviously, there has to be a great communication so they can check back with you and making sure that they're on the same path of your vision. So, Victoria, we talk about, like, the secrets that you have for suggestions on planning a wedding. But let's talk about the day of. Like, how did you feel waking up on your wedding day? Oh, my gosh. It's still surreal to think about that feeling of waking up on your wedding day. And it's just really cool to all my brides and grooms out there that are planning to wake up on that day and have everything come together. It really does, you know. And we talk about trusting your vendors and they make it happen. And it's so true. And you just feel like... You're just so excited for the day. And, um, you know, I remember sitting in the hotel room with all my my bridesmaids, my mom, and um, I was really nervous about my hair and makeup because I'm very picky about that. And I was like, oh, I hope it comes out the way I like it. And then I saw Nicole, my hair and makeup artist, walk through the door, and I was like, oh, okay, I can breathe. I just, tr- I just saw her walk in, and I was like, okay, it's going to be okay. And then we were getting our hair and makeup done, and I was like, kept checking the clock. I was like, when's Sarah going to get here? We were so excited because you're so fun, and you bring so much energy. And we were like, we're ready to get the party started, you know? We're ready to have Sarah here, and, and everything was kind of just coming together. And you just – then you get to your venue, and you see – your vision in real life and it's surreal and then you see all your closest family and friends there for you to celebrate your love and your day and it's just really really cool to watch all the pieces fall into place and all those things that stressed you out whether it was what linen color you're going to do or the masks in your photo or pod dancing or whatever it is it all works out and it all really comes together and it creates a day that you still talk about months years later and you know I look back on it it was really stressful weddings are stressful in general doesn't matter if there's a pandemic or not and then you throw a little pandemic on top of it and it becomes you know tenfold but you look I look I look back and I always find myself saying I wouldn't change a thing you know did I ever dream about having masks at my wedding no did I ever dream about not having a traditional dance floor no but now looking back that the day has happened and it was the perfect day, I truly wouldn't change a thing. So being a photographer, people always ask me like what my favorite part of my couple's day is. And of course, it's like the first time the couple see each other or a father-daughter dance or a mother-son's dance. The speeches are amazing too. But you know what? Sometimes I, I, I say to people and they're, they're surprised, but it, it really is one of my favorites is I love when I am photographing the, the, the bridesmaids. And I see their dresses and their bouquets together. And, and because I'm, what I'm witnessing is I'm witnessing the bride's vision come together. And, and, and so it, it must be surreal for you. I mean, if it's for me, I mean, it's your vision to see everybody lined up and, and just looking beautiful. And you see the colors and you can look around and you can see your entire venue. Like, I also love when I see my couples walk into their tent or their reception hall for the first time and their eyes light up. Yeah, I mean, it's so true. It's funny you say that because I knew I wanted sage green for my color, which is like, you know, there's a thousand different shades of green. So I remember, you know, going with my bridesmaids to pick out the dress and it's like, is it this shade or this material or what does this look like? And you're not sure. And everyone's pale because it's the middle of winter. And it's just the dresses aren't the right size because they only have one in each size or you know, like they don't have the exact size available. And so you're clipping the dresses together and you just have no idea. And then that day comes and everyone's tan and everyone's dress is their size and they look beautiful. And, you know, your bouquets go with the dress and we went with black tuxes and that looked nice with the green and everything kind of 
really comes together because it's easy to have a Pinterest board where everything is, a, it's a little bit of everything. You're pulling from all these different visions, but then to create one vision that's truly yours, that is a little bit of everything that you've loved come together, there's just no feeling like that. And, you know, it's really fun to go, to be guests at other people's weddings. And I feel like, you know, we talk about, I wish we could have been a guest at our wedding. You know, I feel like we had a great day and it was perfect and we loved it, but I'd like to attend my own wedding because it was a, a pretty good wedding. <laughs> and so, you know, it's fun to go to other people's weddings, but those are their visions. And it's really cool to see their vision come to life. And, but it's just totally different when it's your own vision coming to life and it's in front of you. And ultimately, no matter what, it's a perfect day. Yeah. Because you're marrying who you want to marry. Yeah. So, Victoria, for our wrap-up question today, what are some key points that couples should think about when planning their big day? You have been through it, so you know your main tips that you would suggest to them to ensure that their wedding day is an absolute perfect event. Um, so my number one is pick your five must-haves that are important to you and you know your significant other. And f- physically write them down have a list carry it with you to your vendor appointments and and keep it close to you because when you started this journey that's what was important to you and to stay true to yourself throughout this process is to to keep that list of five things with you Um, my second point would be to pick vendors that you trust that you want to share your day with that you look look forward to seeing on that day and spending those you know however many hours with on the biggest day of your life and my third would just to be make the most of it. You know, there are restrictions right now. This is this is the reality. And spin it. Make it fun. Try to enjoy it and just make the most of your day because it is going to all fall into place and it will be the perfect day. I am so excited that you joined me today. I literally, as I'm sitting here talking with you, uh, I just have, like, giggles because it just – it's been a true joy to be your photographer. And like I said in the beginning of our show, you were literally the first person that I reached out to. Um, I just knew I wanted you on here. I knew I wanted to talk with you. I knew I wanted you to share your story with our listeners. And I just want to thank you for coming on. And I hope for those people who are listening, definitely go on our show notes, on our blog, and check out Victoria and Brad's wedding imagery. And at least now you can kind of hear her journey and you – you heard right from her some tips and tricks that she's giving you guys but no matter what yes we are in a pandemic um but it's honestly should not stop anybody from having the absolute fairy tale wedding that they deserve so victoria thank you so much for coming on thank and you for having me yeah and i hope you guys all enjoy our show today Thank you for listening to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to tell you something. I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. We love photographing while having fun, of course. Check out our podcast page on our website for our show notes along with upcoming episodes with your local wedding experts. Listen in as we help you plan your epic event. And don't forget that you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate if you left a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support and let us know what you think. If you know any wedding experts that would like to be a guest, we have a link directly on our website where they can let us know. Thank you for listening.